This is Bless You Boys Podcast 79, recorded July 1st, 2013. Joe Madden needs better taste in books. Thanks for listening, and enjoy. Black Tuesday. One more tiger party. Black Tuesday. Do it again. Black Tuesday. Another magic summer. Black Tuesday. One more. Let's go. Wake the roar and take the sound. The tigers are back with the Welcome to the Bless You Boys podcast, where the editorial staff of Bless You Boys kicks around the past week of Detroit Tigers baseball. And in this case, it really has been just a week <laughs> since the last podcast. Uh, I'm Al Beaton, your host, uh, blogger, wrangler, producer of the Bless You Boys podcast. Uh, normally, we have Kurt Menchin with us, but Kurt is on a walkabout this week. He is somewhere in the UP, I believe in the Copper Harbor area, with a dog in a tent. And he's not due back for a few days, so uh, Kurt, all the best. Hope you're enjoying yourself. Take lots of pictures, and we can't wait to hear about your adventures when you get back. But we have our other regular with us this week, so it's just the two of us. It'll be Allison Hagen, who uh, kind of kind of a jack of all trades. At bless you, boys. Allison, how are you doing this week? I'm pretty good, thanks. Yep, it's uh, well, we're doing okay. I can't say so much the same about the Tigers, unfortunately. Yeah, it's it hasn't been very fun. I will admit, it was it was getting pretty tired, and I didn't pay that much attention today because I just didn't want to. <laughs> I didn't want to, <laughs> and plus I was working. Yeah, so. yeah. Sure. I I did a recap. I didn't want to pay that much attention to the. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, my internet went. My internet and cable and uh, TV went out about the fifth. Around the fifth inning, I was kind of relieved there, but it all came back, and I was forced to finish the recap. So. <laughs> All right, a couple things where we uh, start talking Tigers. And trust me, it's not all bad news, people. Uh, if you want to contact us with your thoughts and questions, bybpodcast at gmail.com, bybtigers at gmail.com. We're on the Twitter, at Bless You Boys. Could be any one of us behind that account. Kurt, myself, Allison, Rob, of all have taken turns with that. Usually Kurt, though. And we're also on Facebook, facebook.com slash bybtigers, where all the Facebookers yell at each other. And that's always fun to see. And other than that, uh, we'll start talking some Tigers baseball, which has actually been a pretty depressing topic as of late. Even though, you know, they're still only a half game out of first place, but that's the bad part. They're no longer in first place. Thanks to a road trip that started off badly, and for that matter, the end of the last homestand, which was awful. Which uh, They were swept by the Angels at the end of the homestand. They have lost two of three in Tampa. We'll talk a little bit about what happened with Miguel Cabrera there. And they lost the opener in Toronto. We're recording this after that. Today is uh, Monday, July 1st, and the Tigers looked awful in an 8-3 loss to the uh, Blue Jays today. Allison, the Tigers find themselves in second place after being in first place for over six weeks. Uh, going by Sports Talk Radio in Detroit this morning, I, when I do listen to it, it's usually in the morning when I get up, uh, they're, they're ready for big changes to be made. Uh, no, something needs to be done with this team. Uh, are we at that point yet in your mind? It kind of, but it's like I don't know what they're gonna do. Yeah. <laughs> like, what do you want? Play better. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I want them to do. Like, 
you know, that's all you can really ask for. Hopefully Sanchez will be back soon, which I have my doubts, but, um, you know, and people, the players get back to where they're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I'm not sure what else to do. I mean, maybe trade for a reliever if it's not give, giving away the farm at the deadline. That's that's all I could think of. Yeah, no, that's the main thing is uh, any improvement, at least right now, has to come from within. Uh, no big trade is going to be made yet. There, you know, we still have a month before the trade deadline comes up, well, 30 days, as a matter of fact. And I think some of this may be a, a confluence, a perfect storm of a few bad things happening altogether. Because when teams slump offensively, the whole team looks awful. And that, that's what we saw today, or that's what we've seen over the last week or so. Plus, there's been some injuries. They've lost Alex Avila. And I think that may, may have hurt the pitching staff more than we wanted to first realize for all the people crying to get uh, Brian Pena into the lineup. And, well, uh, the Tigers haven't been playing well since Alex Avila got hurt. Plus, there's the, uh, you know, Annabelle Sanchez has been out of the lineup. Uh, the, the last two starts have been pretty rough by Jose Alvarez. Uh, and of course, we'll, we'll talk about what happened to uh, Sanchez in a, in, a, uh, in a couple minutes. But yeah, I'm with you. I don't really don't see much can happen other than they just have to play better. <laughs> That's the best way to put it. And some of this is kind of weird, don't you think? Especially this late innings inability to score in the late innings, where they have the worst uh, batting average in baseball after the seventh inning. That really seems unsustainable to me. Don't you agree with that? Yeah, definitely. I mean, there are going to be times when when things are down for a little while. Mm-hmm. It's just unfortunate that that happened right now with Cleveland right behind them. Yeah. And, and, I, and something else people have to keep in mind as well is that the Tigers have been playing a little tougher schedule than the Indians have been. I mean, the Indians have been just beating up on the White Sox. And Tigers haven't even played them yet. And that's something else to keep in mind is that the Tigers' schedule in the second half of the year is much easier because it's it's got a lot of Central Division teams in it. And the Tigers should, if not clean up, but at least uh, – Look a little better than they do right now. Uh, and that kind of leads me to what Phil Koch said. Uh, as much as he tends to be a whipping boy, he also uh, tends to speak his mind. And he was quoted as saying, we're way too good to have this record. Uh, and this was a couple days ago. Allison, do you agree with him? Are they too good to have this kind of a, a stretch of uh, this record they have right now? I think so, yeah. I mean, and it's kind of funny because you read that and then you think, well, wait, who has the best record in baseball? Mm-hmm. And isn't it the Pirates? Yeah, it's the Pirates. And it's just just because it's the Pirates, like almost unless it was the Astros or something, it would hurt even worse. But just because it's the Pirates after their recent history, it's like, well, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> they definitely are. But, I mean, I said that through a – fair amount of last year too like there was just some really annoying stuff about the team last year even though you know they had a pretty good year so I think again I think it's it's just a frustrating time that'll probably pass yeah it's uh I, I tend to agree with Phil Coke as well that yeah they are too good to have this kind of record and uh, I think that's best way to, as you just put it I think that's the best way to put it this too shall pass and uh the Tigers went through a, a much worse stretch than this last year. So it's uh, it's frustrating. I know I find myself getting kind of fed up at times when I'm doing the recaps, when I'm watching this day, day in, day out. I mean, today's game was just you, – you're, you're lucky you didn't get to watch it, Alfred. It was really a uh, – I had it. I mm-hmm. had it on my phone. Yeah. And, and I – you know, when it obviously when it gets more noisy, I'll stop whatever I'm doing and, 
and pay attention and turn it back up. But it's just like every time I did that, it was for a reason I didn't want to hear. So at some point, I just like was like, I have stuff to do. <laughs> I don't have time for this crap. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, uh, I, and actually, I, I, there was a, um, I think a point in that game where you could probably hear TVs and radios and uh, being t- turned off all around Tigers Nation and uh, and obviously they were losing their minds somewhat on Twitter, but. This was, uh, I think it was this Canada Day, as it was in Canada, I think it did all us a favor. So there weren't so many people watching this game because people would have lost or should have been a night game, people at home watching it. So it was just, um, but games like that happen for for all baseball teams. I think the Tigers are just in one of those stretches where uh, a few of them have combined to make them look worse than they really are. But the offense has still been a big issue, Allison. It's a, um, the word I used today on, in the recap was uh, futile. They really look <laughs> it's, it's really bad right now. Uh, but in Jim Leland's words, he used uh, in the post game today. He used words like snake bitten and in a funk. Uh, and I guess do you agree with maybe there's some bad luck involved here? Maybe a little bit. I mean, I'd have to look at you know a, a graph or mm-hmm. some numbers or whatever, which I haven't had a chance to do, but. I'm sure it has a little bit to do with it. But then again, it's like, you know, Alex Avila, Mr. Bad Luck himself, yeah. hasn't been around. Did he Did he play today? Like I. No, he actually got called up after the game. After the game. Okay, yeah. I can't remember if it was before or after. Um, so it's like he's been gone, so, like, there shouldn't be any bad luck, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, may, I mean, maybe a little bit. Like, there have been some frustrating times. Like, it's, you know, typical for any team that's going through a bad time, though. It's like, oh, those little ground balls sneak through somehow or somebody makes a bad throw at just the wrong time and or mm-hmm. somebody strikes out right when you really need them to not strike out. It's just, I don't know, it's bad timing and people slumping at the same time when you don't want them to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, uh they are they're again this is that they're too good to be this record but there's also they're also you know uh, good players slump as we saw uh, even cabrera's it really uh, isn't at, uh hitting like miguel cabrera in over the past week or, or prince fielder you know he has been uh, either on or off you know he's had two uh, two stretches of uh, 20 plus games without a home run which no one expected but uh, as you, and you mentioned that or actually I think we both mentioned that any solutions that the Tigers would have in offense will have to come internally. Uh, do you see any? And I guess that kind of leads to Nick Castellanos. Do you think uh, maybe his time has almost come? I don't know. I mean, maybe. I guess left field, as always, has been kind of a black hole. Yeah. I mean, there have been moments, but I don't know. I, you know, but I was wrong about Valverde, so I'm probably wrong about this, too. <laughs> Uh, I don't know, maybe, like, if it keeps up, you know, if somebody gets quote-unquote hurt, you know, goes mm-hmm. on, or somebody needs to go on the suck DL, as I like to call yeah. it, <laughs> maybe he'll get a cup of coffee just to see what happens. I But it's like, you know, if they continue to contend and are at least a few games with him first, if they don't get back into first, do you want to risk that with, you know, a really green player? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I guess that's the question. It, it does make sense that if you want to bring him up and have him be useful to this team later on in the season, the sooner you bring him up, the better, so he gets acclimated to the big leagues. And 
I'm really starting to fall in this Nick Castellanos time is coming soon. That's because, as you as you mentioned, uh, left field has turned into a black hole. Andy Dirks is hitting like uh, 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 guy. I think he's around 250. He's not hitting for any power at all. Uh, take crap. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and, uh, and it's not helping that uh, uh, Matt Tuiasopo is injured, and there's no timetable yet for him to come back. He's been on the 15-day DL for a good week now due to a, I think a quad strain of some sort, some sort of rib strain. Somebody uh, said he was he was mm-hmm. like jogging. Somebody said he was jogging around the outfield, and he was feeling pretty good. I mean, that's mm-hmm. some, that that's one of the few things I caught today. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, while well, you're trying to avoid the Tiger game, yeah. So it's a, uh, but uh, he could be a solution in left field. But that I think that's the question, Allison. If they do, if say they do call up Nick Castellanos, would he? Do you think he would be treated the way they are Avisel Garcia, where he's just being kind of used as a part-time platoon pinch hit type guy? Because it really seems to me, if you're going to bring up Nick Castellanos, you got to play him every day. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like you know the Mud Hens are terrible. But at least he's playing every day. Yeah. And he's still learning stuff, and he has people that have time to teach him stuff every single day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if he comes up there, sure, he'll get the exposure, or he'll, he'll get to know what it's like to be with the team and all that. But that that doesn't account for the actual playing time. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd, I, I wonder, like, if he would – well, I guess if they're going to pull everybody else from left field because they're not good, then he will play every day, but – I feel like that's not really Jim Leland's MO most of the time. Yeah, you're right about that. He he likes his veterans, or uh, and I, I don't I guess the problem is is that I, my fear is that Castellanos would come up and he'd be used like uh, Avisel Garcia, as I mentioned, and, and Allison Garcia has really looked overwhelmed as of late. He does not look like the player that we were being sold, that the mini mini, the mini Miggy that we were told he was, and he's really looking lost at the plate right now and. And he's not helping matters either at the moment. Yeah, it it seems like, you know, if if it wasn't such a an issue of first time exposure for Castellanos mm-hmm. to just swap them out. Yeah. It seems like, oh well we'll just do that. But you know, it's somebody that's pretty important and you think is gonna be really good, you can't just bring them up there because somebody some other prospect needs a break. Yeah. So it's it's really it's kind of a difficult call. Yeah, and I know some people bring up the, the defense part of Castellanos. Uh, no, being he, he's really this is really he's playing his first full season as a as an outfielder for the Tigers. And but then I go I would counter back with they went to the World Series of dumb and freaking young in left field. I don't <laughs> see how any I don't see how Nick Castellanos could be any worse than Delman Young. Well, you know, because he's he's supposed to be the golden boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So he freaking better be able to field wherever you put him, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Remember those uh, all the calls last year asking if he could play second base. So I uh, saw but, somebody, I mm-hmm. saw a Braves fan saying that, like when when they saw that Frenchie got DFA today. Yeah, yeah. I was like, let's get him back. Can you play second base? I'm like, <laughs> last year's jokes. <laughs> yeah, and for those who don't know who Frenchie is, that's Jeff Francoeur, uh the Royals. Uh, designated him for assignment finally, uh, and this is the man they decided to keep over Royal Myers, which tells you a lot about why the Royals have been where they are. So, God. yeah, you know, all, uh, Frenchie is an arm. That's about all he is at this point in his career. Yeah. So, 
But uh, you know, and it can't just and I'm just kind of uh, off the top of my head here, just I brought up Delman Young uh, facetiously. Is that I well, again when I had Sports Talk Radio online, uh, I listened to Sports Talk Radio this morning. Someone actually brought up that losing Delman Young was a bad thing because he gave them, as, as this caller put it, he gave them a spark. Oh, God. <laughs> that was pretty much my uh, uh, thought as well. But that's the kind of thing. People are starting to get a little crazy here. And joining us in the middle of this conversation is the man you know as Phil Koch's brain, and that his, Eric is joining us. Uh, welcome to the show. It's been a while. I think you are on a good year, two years ago or something like that. Yeah, it's been a long time. It's a delight to be back on. Thank you for inviting me. And your actual staff this time around. Can you believe it? Uh, I have the <laughs> dignity of a, a real pseudo job kind of thing. Mm. Something. Yes, yeah. we're all making the big bucks working for BYB. Oh, it's it's terrific. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, before uh, Eric joined us, we were talking Nick Castellanos, and Allison's leaning towards. I don't think it's time yet. I'm leaning towards. Well, left field sucks right now, and I would not mind seeing some kind of a bat out there. Eric, which, where do you fall on Nick Castellanos maybe perking up the Tigers' offense? Yeah, why not? I'm ready to see him. Um, he's going to be up this year anyway, even if it's September. You're going to, even if you're worried about the whole option thing, which I don't think you need to be. Why not bring him up? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's the prevailing argument has been he needs to see everyday action, this and that. You know, I, I guess. I'm eager to see him just because it would be a, a giggle. I mean, it would be fun, you know. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I guess you send Garcia down and you platoon him. I don't know what that what happens to Tui, but uh, Tui could use some more playing time too. So mm-hmm. I don't know where you find enough at-bats for these guys, but I, I guess I'm arguing against myself. But my, my heart, my gut says, yes, bring up Castellanos. It would be fun. Well, he couldn't be. Uh, I, it can't hurt. I wouldn't. This team needs a jolt of some sort. I don't know. Yes. And uh, he's really the only bullet they have left in the chamber, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, they brought Rondon up, which um, is a smaller caliber bullet than it would appear from his physique, uh, from his performances. But uh, yeah, they need a little spark, a little something. That's not very sabermetricy to say, but. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, bring the kid up. Give him some at bats. Who knows? I, you're not gonna stunt his growth. Uh, you know, it's not like he's been in the minor leagues for um, a year and a half now. I mean, he's been in the minors a while. Uh, I'm sure he's not gonna lack confidence if you need to send him back down and get him some more at bats or whatever. Mm-hmm. Just uh, bring him up. Yeah, I, I have a feeling uh, much. Another week or two of this kind of play, and that's going to be the prevailing thought of the entire fan base. It's just bring bring up the the golden one, as Allison called them, and just see what the hell he can do because you can't be you couldn't do any worse than the uh, than Andy Dirks right now. So, all right, uh, let's move on to well, what happened in Tampa Bay? Not so much uh, losing two out of three, or not so much Cabrera landing a ball in the fish tank. But more to uh, Fernando Rodney and Miguel Cabrera and the join and the overreaction, if it was an overreaction, to a high and tight fastball Saturday night. Joe Madden thought 
Cabrera overreacted to it. Cause, and Cabrera put on quite a show after he struck out in that at bat and, con- and literally jawed his way all the way back to the dugout and continued harping against Rodney uh, from the dugout. Uh, Sunday afternoon, Joe Madden said, I wish Cabrera wouldn't cry so much. And he also uh, made a tweet, uh, sent out a tweet uh, referring to they didn't retaliate because uh, Mario Puzo and the Godfather. You know, something about revenge, the dish served, best served cold or some crap. Uh, I guess the question is, guys, was uh, Miguel Cabrera appropriate in his reaction to the fastball? Allison, uh, uh, did, for, did Cabrera overreact or did he have legit reason to be upset? Um, I think, I mean, if I was him, I would be annoyed because mm-hmm. it's like a former teammate, not bad terms, that kind of thing. Like, you know, that's not how you mess around with your former teammate. But at the same time, I bet it's a little bit of the team's having a hard time right now and he's probably a little bit on edge. Mm-hmm. Like like I would know. But yeah. I feel like that probably is it's more of just like an overreaction frustration thing. Yeah, the uh, that there's more underlying there than the fastball. He's just pissed at the entire situation, in other words. Like the, the, the losing and, and he's been slumping and it all kind of built up right there? I, I think so. Yeah, probably. Eric, do you agree with Allison that uh, it, there was more to it than just the fastball? Or is it, or did uh, Miguel Cabrera have legitimate reason to be pissed off at Fernando? I, I don't know if he did or not, but I... I would say just the opposite of what Joe Madden has said. Mm-hmm. I mean, Joe Cabrera is not exactly Rasheed Wallace. I mean, yeah. He's not an NBA player who whines and carries on and has you know this and that. He's not. In fact, he's he's pretty pretty stable and mm-hmm. and I haven't you know maybe he's more upset than he shows, but um, you know I just don't really see it. So when he gets torqued, I tend to give him the benefit of the doubt actually. Um, so I don't know what Joe is looking at. And, uh, yeah, and, you know, Joe is a good manager, but, you know, he cries a lot on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, one thing to keep in mind, I, I, I do agree that with you, Eric, that uh, I don't think Cabrera really has a reputation for being a whiner, a crier, a bitcher and moaner. I mean, this is a guy who uh, asked for appeals of his own check swings, for Christ's sake. So... You know, so yeah, I think if anything, it was a bit of an overreaction from Joe Madden, but I'm sure that is also his way of protecting his player Fernando Rodney from this. Uh, I do tend to think, yeah, maybe Cabrera was a, took a little too much exception to it, but you know, then again, uh, he's not alone at baseball when it comes to this. Pitchers just don't do this very much anymore. If you go high, you go high and tight like that batters are going to get upset, and it happens not just with Mel Cabrera. It happens pretty much every ball player in big leagues nowadays. This isn't the 1960s anymore. And but, this, yeah, go ahead. This isn't Don Kelly getting his power buzz. I yeah. mean, this is the, the reigning triple crown winner. I mean, if you're going to um, single out him to um, get after with a tight fastball, yeah, it's not a big surprise that the team would be a little torqued. And Jim was afterwards. Obviously. Mm-hmm. He, he said it's unacceptable, and he's right. Yep, and as, and as he said on Sunday, that's baseball. Guys get hit after Rick Porcello plunked Ben Zobrist in the first inning on Sunday. Uh, I thought that pitch was a little high, a little too high for for comfort, and that it, it drove him up near the shoulder. Uh, I tend to think that Porcello was probably aiming for the ribs or lower, and the pitch might have got away a little bit. 
But it was an obvious purpose pitch. And, uh, Allison, do you think uh, uh, Porcel and the Tigers were was it an appropriate move on their part for plunking uh, Zobers? Um, yeah, I guess so. But, I mean, that's like a different level of player there. That's the yeah. only thing that's, that puts me off. But then again, if he had gone after somebody more important, the umpires probably would have lost their shit. Yeah, yeah, say Evan Longoria or something like that, who, yeah. was, who was injured, by the way. That's why he wasn't in the lineup that day. Yeah, so it's like, you know, if you say something, that's fine. But if they had gone any further with it, it probably would have caused more problems for everybody. So it's like, I guess that's as appropriate as it can get. Do you agree with the uh, the retaliation of the Tigers, um, Eric? I, I do in that it's part of baseball. I guess it it uh, it goes with the stream of tradition and what happens. The 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 uh, the golden unwritten rules of baseball. Yes, this is how you do it. Um, me personally, I it's it's silliness. Mm-hmm. Um, you're giving them a base runner, and you're doing it just for a little bit of games. You know this this gamesmanship kind of BS. I wouldn't have done it, but having said that, they did it the right way. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you. It was too high, but um, I don't think he was trying to go up there. I think he was just yeah, like you say, hit him in the ribs. But yeah, if, if you're going to follow the unwritten rules of baseball, this is exactly how you do it. And Madden should have seen that coming. Don't give me the Mario Puzo crap yeah. because he knows perfectly well why that happened, and he should understand. Well, this is where it should end. Um, and try, there's no need for him to try to explain why they didn't reality to their fans. Their fans know perfectly well why they shouldn't real, retaliate because this was the the cap to the little mm-hmm. spat here. Yeah. And, uh, and when something else people need to keep in mind is that the, the Godfather was a god awful book. It just happened to be a great movie. <laughs> so I got to wonder about Joe Madden's taste in media as well. So you, you got me. You know, I I saw the dead horse in a bed, and mm-hmm. what more? You know, what more do you need? I got the point. So yeah, and and of course that brought up the imagery of uh, of Paws's head in Miguel Cabrera's bed. So. And uh, let's hope it never gets to that point. <laughs> but uh, I guess in the end, uh, it, 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 I think you put it right, Eric. So those unwritten baseball rules, or you know, the uh, that's just how baseball is played. It's the you uh, eye for an eye. You you hit my star, I'm going to hit your star. And if, and in the Tigers' case, Zobrist happened to be the uh, most appropriate guy to hit because he was the hit in the number three spot in the first inning of that game. So yeah, they, they got the first two guys out here. Mm-hmm. Comes their three hitter, boom. That's right, right there. That's yeah, and uh, and to uh, Rick Porcello's credit, he, he I had I really uh, he he didn't shrink away from any sort of confrontation either. He, it wasn't like he just stood on the mound and shrugged his shoulders. He started stalking towards home plate, you know, like saying, "Hey, I, I've taken out Kevin Euclid. <laughs> You're nothing, Zobris." His face was terrific. He's like, "What about it?" You know, he was, and then afterwards in the locker room. Um, Reporters are saying they asked him about it and just straight face, not a smirk. You know, oh, it got away from me. Yeah, I couldn't deliver that with a straight face. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Oh, uh, yeah, and uh, just another reason to really everybody should uh, should give Rick Porcell a little more love than you know, because you know he is an awesome fifth starter. I mean, most teams in baseball would love to have a a fifth starter like Phil, Rick Porcello. You know. And again, you know, he gave up three runs over six innings from your fifth starter 
he should win that game. Unfortunately, the Tigers' offense has been, well, uh, putrid, to say the very least. Who's not been putrid is Max Scherzer. He equaled Roger Clemens' uh, 1986 win-loss record by going 12-0 and uh, when he beat the uh, Rays on Friday. Uh, next, I guess the next step would be 14-0. and I guess Clemens was uh, the last to do that as well. Uh, but there's also, as always, with, uh, with the win-loss stat, as a lot of, uh, you know, it's an old-school uh, stat that a lot of Sabre patricians like to poo-poo. Uh, Brian Kenny, for example, seems to want to make wins irrelevant in any kind of a conversation at all. Uh, Allison, the 12-0 and mark, uh, you know, yeah, wins and losses can't, the wins and losses tend to be, at least a little bit of luck involved there in that, like Scherzer had one game, I believe, where he allowed five runs in five innings but won the game. But he's also had some games where he's been almost lights out, yet gotten no decision, so it all kind of evens out. But uh, does, does, uh, does talking about the wins and losses, does that kind of diminish what Scherzer has accomplished so far? Because he's really, he's really stepped up and stepped in for Berlander as team's ace. Yeah, no, I... I myself believe that, you know, wins are a stupid stat. I mean, mm-hmm. I think almost any almost any fancy baseball player would agree. Yeah. Um I do I, it's not worthless, but it's also not one that you should really go by. However, right. you know, there have been a couple of crap starts that he got lucky with, like mm-hmm. and he happens to be the only freaking pitcher on this team that has that kind of luck somehow. But um it, he has been an excellent pitcher. Like all of the starts were that he won have been well deserved. Mm-hmm. So I don't, it, I don't think it diminishes it at all. Like it's part of it. Yeah. Well, I guess the thing, Allison, if he was ten and two, we should still be gushing over Max Scherzer. Yeah. Either way, like you know, even if he was six and know, six. Yeah. Still, like you know, he's been a good pitcher. Like we can't really argue with that. Eric, do you buy the uh, do you do you fall which where do you fall on the uh, wins and losses uh, in regard to a pitcher? Where do you stand on that? Yeah, I'm not in the Brian Kinney. You know, get rid of them. Let's yeah. not talk yeah. about it. It I, I think of it as um, as helpful and suggestive, but very imprecise. Mm-hmm. As you get deeper in the more precise sabermetrics and stuff, you get a clearer picture of what's actually going on. But it's not that wins and losses aren't indicative of something, right? Mm-hmm. They, they tell you something about the picture. It's just not very precise. It's like uh, you get your first Atari and you got these big chunks and, you, oh, I guess that's kind of a football player that I see in my Nintendo or Atari. Now you're playing Madden on Xbox 360 and you see everything. You know, that's that's kind of the analogy I would use to how you, where you fall on these mm-hmm. Some are just more precise. You get a clearer picture of what's going on. Um, I think Max, actually, uh, he's uh, kind of a, a savvy guy. He, he acknowledges it himself. You know, there's some luck involved. There's He leads the, for sure, American League, if not the entire um, Major League Baseball in run support. Definitely. Um, so he knows what's going on, but you're right. I mean, he's he's pitching very well. That's unquestioned. Yeah, and, uh, and just for uh, comparison's sake, Annabelle Sanchez has a better ERA than Scherzer by about half, by about a quarter run. I think uh, Scherzer's just under three 
are hovering around three, and uh, Sanchez is at 276. Yet Sanchez is only six and five. So it's, uh, again, I, yeah, wins and losses shouldn't be irrelevant, like a, like a Brian Kenny or Keith Law would want to make them, but uh, it's not the be-all, end-all either, because sure, yeah, it, the run support Scherzer has gotten, he could be 12-0 and 0 and have an ERA of six. So <laughs> that's just kind of, that's just, just baseball, as they say. But uh, I guess uh, the, the next question is, Allison, uh, where, where do you see Scherzer going from here? Is, is you know, again, we're talking about wins and losses, but I, I would be disappointed at this at this point if Scherzer doesn't win twenty games. Well, I think it it does set you up for that kind of feeling about it. Um, I think it would be pretty easy for him to win twenty games. It should be easy to perm, but <laughs> um, but you know, if the team sits in the slump that it's been in for the last few days, that might be a little bit difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, there were a few gaps with a few no decisions before, so I'm sure it's entirely possible. Yeah. Uh, do you see a 20-game season in Scherzer's horizon, Eric? Yeah, why not? Yeah. You know, it, it, it's 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 luck again, mm-hmm. you know, but uh, there's no reason why he can't. You look at his secondary stuff, and like you said, Anibal's just as good. I don't think he's necessarily going to regress off his secondary stats. We know mm-hmm. he throws, uh, he he strikes out a lot of guys. That's not going away. Um, and he's gotten a lot of luck in the first half. I don't see why he doesn't doesn't win twenty games. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I won't say it's a lock, but it's it's. I would hope that would be as close to one as it could be, considering the talent on this team that's on offense, even though we're not seeing it right now. And the talent of Max Scherzer, who really has essentially he has put every, he has taken that that I think he's taken the leap. He's taken that next step where it's uh, he's gone from um, good to possibly great. You know, maybe not at the Verlander level of 2010, 2011, 2012, but you know he's up there now. He's you know he's got to be found up there in in Cy Young candidates. And say what you will about wins and losses, you get 20 wins. People pay attention to that even today. You yeah, know man. it's. You know, and even the old, especially the uh, the casual and old school fans, they really like those big round numbers. All right. Yeah. Um, well, well, I actually brought up uh, Annabelle Sanchez. I should well, I should bring up the fact that uh, I know this isn't in the show notes, and well, Eric doesn't have them anyway. But <laughs> uh, Sanchez uh, made a rehab start tonight, uh, and uh, he was hit and removed after I believe twenty three pitches. He suffered a a line drive in the leg he, while he was on a night, uh, I believe he was pitching with Lakeland. Uh, last word is he was receiving treatment in Joker Martin Stadium. So, uh, all word is is that this was a precautionary measure. Uh, but uh, I, I guess, Allison, uh, this puts the fear of God in me. All of a sudden, thinking about uh, Annabelle Sanchez, how good he's been this year, and all of a sudden he's had a shoulder injury, a shoulder issue, without an injury per se, like a. Uh, you know, it's a, a tweaked shoulder, and now this. I guess that's the fear I get when, the, when you it, it gets, give uh, pitchers big money contracts. All of a sudden, the next fear is is injury. And he, I think with Sanchez, the rest of his time in Detroit, that's always going to be in the background of him. Is that we're always going to be? Oh well, hell, we're starting to look up uh, Justin Verlander as well. Is that you know, all of a sudden, the, the slightest little thing. People are going to start thinking, oh, my God, it's an injury. We shouldn't have given him that big contract. Well, that's how people are always going to react. Yeah. 
people are assholes. Like <laughs> you can't really do anything about that, and it's frustrating. But you know, after being spoiled with Justin Verlander and I guess really Max Scherzer, he's never really hurt. Um, the last few years being pretty consistent and, and really really good. You know, the second somebody else that you're hoping will equal them or get close to them, you know, be their number two or number three, the second that something happens to them, of course people are going to think that because they're not used to them getting hurt. So, you know, you're going to worry about it more, and there's there's not much you can do about it. Like, I try not to. But. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, – uh, and, again, this tends to get overplayed anyway, uh, just in that in today's, you know, uh, you know, 24-7 uh, news cycle where there's people with cameras and Twitter and Facebook and blogs everywhere, the slightest thing happens, such as Sanchez getting hit by a line drive, it's immediately on the web, and people are like, oh, my God, oh, my God. <laughs> and it turns out it really isn't anything. So, uh, And you're part to blame for this, Eric, because you have about 2 yep. million Twitter followers. <laughs> that's, that's not true. I uh, <laughs> You know, I put I put my name on there for a lot of reasons. I hemorrhaged a lot of followers. So. Really, uh, you ended up uh, when you start, when you exposed your uh, what should I say exposed when you uh, when you raised the curtain, so to speak, on who was behind the account. You actually lost uh, a lot of followers. Yeah, I did some, and I got uh, you know angry tweets and that kind really? of stuff. Really, I but, can't believe that's hard to believe. Oh, yeah. it's, it was a little, uh, little depressing there. For yeah, people were a little torqued about that, but anyway, it's it's fine. It is what it is. It is uh, yeah, for a, for a number of reasons, but no, that's mm-hmm. I, I yeah, I managed to retain a couple folks. So yeah, yeah, but uh, I, no, I'm disappointed to hear that. That bums me out. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> you people out there, you know, get a grip. <laughs> uh, but uh, Eric, are, are you are you ready for Sanchez to come back? I think that do you think the magic has worn off of uh, Jose Alvarez? Oh yeah, y- y- yes it has. Um, people were so so excited about him mm-hmm. in his first start. You know, make him the closer, Verlander <laughs> yeah. the closer, and mm-hmm. the, it's just silly silly nonsense. There's there's a reason why he's Jose Alvarez. Yeah. And, um, somebody else, but I, with um, with Animal Sanchez, he's had this issue in Miami one other time. Mm-hmm. They missed a sp- start or two, and he came back. Um, unless you're a real conspiracy theorist, and there you think something more sinister is going on, if you, if, then I can't convince you. Yeah, um, every, all reports are he gets some soreness, some tiredness, inflammation, whatever you want to call it. Uh, he gets some rest. He's he's back at it. That's been the track record. So I expect that again. And it's not like he's Steven Strasburg or something where it's mm-hmm. something goofy and perpetual problems. He hasn't been that way. So even with the contract situation for it, I just relax, relax. Give the guy the time. Now he's got a bruised shin. Maybe he needs just a little time. It's not um, it's not something real traumatic. Just just mm-hmm. give him a little bit and he'll be fine. Yeah. Fine. Yeah, yeah, it works for me. I believe you. You're, you've sold me. So, uh, yeah, and it, it, exactly, Sanchez will be fine, and all accounts are from the from the media and the Tigers that he will be a hail and hearty for his next start, and he will be replacing Sanchez. So, I mean, uh, Alvarez shortly. 
All right, uh, Justin Verlander has admitted that he still isn't right, but he admits why as well. In an interview with ESPN's Boneheads, uh, Mike and Mike, uh, who <laughs> listens to that crap anyway, uh, Verlander had uh, uh, interviewed with them actually Monday morning, and he actually confirmed he's blaming his mechanics for his struggles. Uh, he mentioned that uh, his, his shoulder isn't in the same spot it once was. He's having a little trouble trying to get his uh, mechanics where they were a couple years ago. Yet others still tend to fall towards the it's the heavy workload and Verlander. That's why he sucks now. So, <laughs> um, Allison, are you, are you actually? I'm kind of uh, uh, glad to hear that Verlander has confirmed it's a mechanical issue he's trying to correct because. Uh, Obviously, I don't think he's going to admit that he's hurt or anything like that, but that, that shows me, Allison, that they're working on trying to fix what ails Justin Verlander. Yeah, it's like you said. He's not going to. He's probably not going to admit that he's hurt. He would let the team do that if that was the case. Exactly. But um, it's something. It doesn't make it any less frustrating, I don't think. Cause it's mm-hmm. just like you know, with with Max Scherzer's problems of the past. Um, but, you know, all you can do at this point, it's like it takes that little extra level of worry away and um, mm-hmm. just hope that they figure it out. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I've, I've, I've been put the belief since, the, since this all started that it was a mechanical issue, and Verlander has apparently confirmed it. Uh, what's your take on the heavy workload argument, Eric? Uh, some, there's a lot of people out there saying the reason Verlander isn't right is just because he's been overworked. And he has thrown more innings and more uh, has made more throws, period, thrown more pitches than other pitcher in baseball over the last three seasons. So do you think there's anything to that? Or uh, or do you tend to think that down the line we'll look back and say Verlander was the Nolan Ryan of his generation? I don't buy the heavy workload business. I don't. Um the fastball velocity is still mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Right? Uh, he hits the radar gun with big pitches. I know the average fastball velocity over the last year, they say, is what, down almost two miles an hour or something mm-hmm. like that. I, I don't think that's the issue as heavy heavy workload. It's still there. Mm-hmm. His curveball, is, his, his secondary stuff is still there. It's It's spotting that fastball. And now I'm not Rob or um, our buddy Mad Poops or whatever. Yeah, yeah, the scientists that analyze uh, uh, how they throw. You're right. Yeah, I'm, I I don't know. I'm not going to go there. But doesn't that suggest a mechanical issue? If your if your breaking stuff is there, mm-hmm. your fastball almost velocity is there. It's just getting it in the right spots. I mean that's that's his issue. Um, and also he's not gone from. Justin Verlander to garbage. Yeah, he's gone from Justin Verlander to a a more average-ish pitcher, and that pisses everybody off and freaks everybody out. Um, he'll uh, he'll be Justin Verlander again. I'm not worried about that. But um, what we have now is not um, not garbage. Yeah. Right? So uh, no, I think. I, I, he probably is mechanical, and um, I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm a sunshiner, but I, he'll find it again. It might take him a while. It might be another month or something. And you know what? D- d- hasn't he like earned a little bit of respect and a little bit of benefit of the doubt? He's been quite good 
if you've paid attention the last couple of years, maybe you just let them figure it out. No, but they want to make him a closer now. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but yeah that's, that makes a lot of sense. And just in saying that, uh, uh, he has earned the benefit of the doubt. And at the very least, just, they're calling him washed up is just stupid. To say the very, and we've gotten that. We see that on Bless You Boys. We see it all over the Internet. And, uh, you know, and, and or the other argument always get thrown out there. He's got his big contract. Now he's easing up. And I think a lot of... I find that argument actually be very stupid because I I just don't see a player, any kind of athlete, who works their ass off to get to that level to become the best of the best, and all of them say, okay, I'm done being the best. I'm, I got my money. I'm just going to suck. I mean, that, does, that doesn't work that way. Guys like Verlander are innately competitive and he, he, this has got to frustrate him probably even more than it frustrates the fans, and you know, and that's the sort of thing that I think bothers me. It's not the contract, it's not the workload, it's just a little mechanical issue that is going to get sorted out. Hopefully this year, sometime, and hopefully by the playoffs, Verlander is the Verlander we all remember. So, uh, and and had, yeah, go ahead. He had, he had fancy cars before. Yeah. It's not like he was a pauper before they they gave him a new contract. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, his previous contract was only worth eighty million dollars or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Bruce Rondon has been called up. Jose Valverde has accepted an assignment to Toledo. Uh, I guess that's the, the. Let's start with Valverde, guys. Um, Eric, I'll start with you. Uh, were you surprised Valverde accepted the assignment? And for that matter, don't you think the Tigers might have been better off just cutting ties altogether? Yes and yes are the two answers to those questions. Um, I'm surprised he didn't. Yeah, maybe, maybe another club wasn't interested in him at all, but I don't. Uh, I, evidently not. They would have picked him up, but I'm surprised he wouldn't just take. I mean, we're halfway through. Take mm-hmm. the rest of the year off. If he wants to get ramped up again in the spring, give it one more shot, do it. I'm surprised he's going to Toledo. Um, If I was the Tigers, I probably would have simply released him. Um, All of a sudden, you got him to Toledo. He's a distraction. Are you going to bring him up? Uh, You know, this and that. Chris, it makes, uh, you know, he made the, the argument why you keep him. And that's Dabrowski is getting to these deadline uh, trade negotiations. Then he says, hey, you know, I got uh, somebody in my pocket with closing experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, unfortunately, that's all Jose has now is experience uh, as opposed to um, talent but or, uh, you know, stuff. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, that's the only argument, I guess, where you keep him. You you are not eager to bring him back up with a big club. I mean, do you see that? Do you see where they say, "Oh, we're in such a point pinch now, we're going to bring Jose back up"? I, mean, I think we, we we've been there now a couple times. Yeah, that this that's an experiment that has come, gone, and ended. And uh, I tend to I agree with you on that. It's uh, I can't believe they just said, you know, here you know here's a pilot. We've given you a pile of cash. Uh, you know, head on, you know, we'll see you later. Thank you very much. You know, why bother going? To, you know, why keep him on the team? And and keeping him. And the thing is, I you know as, as nice of an argument as it Chris Iatt makes about that, that's also uh, be, make, believing that well, the other uh, Major League Baseball team GMs are stupid. Yeah. <laughs> that they're actually going to buy that lie. Uh, Allison, uh, 
Valverde and Toledo, do you think the Tigers should have cut ties? Is this kind of like an abusive boyfriend-girlfriend relationship at this point? Um, yeah, a little bit. I honestly, I think I said last time, I didn't think that he would even accept that. About. Yeah, exactly. I was pretty surprised, but I guess it's kind of like, what else is he going to do? I don't, I have no idea. So, yeah, I I just am surprised it's even a thing. <laughs> Well, you might be honest. I'm right there. Some baseball players play baseball, and that maybe that's the only job uh, Valverde has. So he figures, I might as well play baseball. So I'll do it in Toledo. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just can't picture it being something worth trying. Like if you know he pitches well there for a few weeks or whatever. Like, do you really want to go there again? Not really. No, no, I don't think any of us want to go there, and that's the scary part. Uh, speaking of uh, going there again, obviously, as I mentioned, Bruce Rondon did get the call. Uh, I, finally, as the Tigers sent down Evan Reed, and that was one of those, uh, for a few weeks, it was a cry of, why on earth do they have Evan Reed when Rondon has been proven that he's done all he can in Spleto? He's just mowing guys down. So they finally make the call. Ron Doan's first outing was, well, not a good one as he uh, blew up in the I wouldn't say blew up. He had a rough ninth, uh, tenth inning against the Rays, made some good pitches, but also made a couple bad pitches that ended up hurting him. Plus, the Rays did make, just have some good at-bats. His next outing against the Rays, is, uh, as Jim Leland is wont to do, as he puts a, the, a player who has a bad uh, outing right back on the horse, so to speak, uh, he pitched the next day, pitched wonderful, had a nice scoreless inning. So no problems at all on Sunday. In a close game, it was a 3-1 game. wasn't like he was put back in in a, in a blowout. So, uh, Allison, Ron Doan is up. Jim Leland has said he's not going to be the closer. Uh, are you okay with him being used in the setup role? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you sound real confident, though. <laughs> I don't know. I, I wasn't that with the idea of him quasi-replacing the closer because he basically has been attempting that. But, you know, I think as a setup guy, sure, why not? But that can be just as tenuous as trying to close. Oh, actually, it would probably be even harder a job yeah. as, uh, to do than and to be closer. It's, um, you know, just because of the uh, – he's going to pitch more high-leverage innings in a, in a seventh or eighth inning role than he will as a closer. Uh, are you are you are you happy with um, Joaquin Benoit as the closer right now, Allison? Yeah, I think so. You think he's there for the rest of the year? I hope so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Eric, how about you? How are you feeling on the uh, Bruce Rondon experience uh, second time around? Well, there's no need to make him the closer mm-hmm. first and foremost. Second of all, he's a picture. He's a pitcher with. Um, He's he's his, he's a bit flawed, right? Yeah. He's got this 100 mile per hour fastball, but um, to major league hitters, for some reason, it is not blowing past those guys. Yeah. Um, and we I saw it in spring training, his first um, time up. It, it I, I've heard it described as long or e- you can see it. I don't mm-hmm. know what it is. Yeah. Okay. That being as it is, it's still a hundred mile per hour. You know, as long as he's mixing pitches and um, doing the things he needs to do, he's going to be an effective pitcher. And there's no need to stick him in as closer. But is he better than Evan Reed? Yes. Yeah. Yes, he is. 
Um, so is there a balance between, you know, stashing him in Toledo and installing him as the closer? I think there is, and I think it's where he is now, that um, not a middle-innings guy, mm-hmm. but uh, a late-innings guy um, and not the closer. Uh, but let's, you know, people talk about this closer mentality. He's been groomed as a closer. Uh, what's wrong with using him kind of as a, in a Joel Zumaya-style role that we use Joel in? I mean, Joel has never got a sniff of being the closer. Now, granted, we had more options, but just let him let him be there. Let him learn. Let him face some major league pitching. Don't expect him to blow everybody out of the water. But he's got good tools. Keep him up. Let him pitch. He's better than other options. That's my take. Yeah, yeah. So, and uh, in regard to uh, Joaquin Benoit, Al, do you think will Benoit is the closer for the duration? Uh, unless we trade for somebody, yeah. I mean, he should be. Yeah, and that, that that begs the question. Do you think the Tigers will be looking for it? Well, I'm sure they'll be looking for a closer, but do you think they might be better served? Uh, I know we talked about this last week. I want to get your opinion. Would the Tigers be better served looking for setup guys rather than a closer? Absolutely. What are you going to get? I mean, Papelbon? Mm-hmm. Papelbon's been human, very human. I mean, uh, it's ridiculous to... to get a closer for a closer's sake. Um, it'd be nice to do something like the Angels did last year with Fieri. Mm-hmm. Um, th- that's that's ideal, obviously. But Tokar said it again today. I mean, you can get relievers cheap. You can. There's no reason to sell the farm. And you can get somebody quality. There's no, there's no reason to chase the closer mystique. No reason. Yeah, yeah, and, and Tokars has moments of lucidity in between absolute ranting babbles. So <laughs> they're, they're small moments. They're yeah, small. that's why I call him the id of the Tigers fan base. So <laughs> yeah, and but it, he's right. You know, you don't have to pay top dollar for a reliever. And I, I will be extremely pissed if they trade Nick Castellanos for a freaking relief pitcher. That is, that's absolutely stupid. That. Oh, you never know, but you know but there's going to be people out there calling for it. But, yeah, I don't think Dave Dombrowski is that desperate that he's going to trade his best chips for freaking relief arms. So you just don't do that. No. Well, unless you're, uh, you know, uh, there's, I'm sure there's guys out there who would, but uh, Dave Dombrowski is not one of them. All right, I think uh, we've pretty much uh, wrapped up the show. Uh, the number of topics I have in front of me, I know Eric doesn't have any in front of him, but hey, <laughs> but you were late, so. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, that means, though, we're at the time where it's uh, we do our final thoughts. If there's anything we want to add that we haven't covered, anything you want to say, anything you just want to yell at, now's the time to do it. So, Allison, the floor is yours. Is there anything you'd like to add before we call it a night? Um, I would just like to make an exception to all this bitching about how everybody's slumping. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was checking my fantasy team while you guys were talking a little bit ago. Yeah. Omar Infante went four for four today. Yes, he did. He tried. <laughs> he tried. <laughs> Not his fault. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was. He four for four home run a double, and he's hitting like 309, 310 right now. So. And now everybody's complaining about left field instead of second base. You know, it's just they just change the position that they focus on. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, Eric, is there anything you'd like to add before we uh, wrap up the show? Um, we are not in first place right now. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? 
Yeah, but they're a half game back right now. Yes, you're right. Relax. Relax. This is baseball. This is not football. It's a long season. We have yet to play. Maybe you talked about this before I came, but we have not played any games against the White Sox. You know, that's one of the things we brought up. Indeed, you're right. (laughs) The White Sox are not very good. Mm -hmm. We get to play them a lot. So I have um, all the confidence in the world. Like I said, maybe I'm too sunshiny. I need to, you know, get all emo and cuss and swear. But there's talents there. The schedule will play itself out. We will be good. We will win the division. And who knows, in the playoffs, it's it's all a crapshoot anyway. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, I guess for last words, thanks for everybody who's reading my um, silliness. Um, bless you, boys. It's been a lot of fun. You know, stupid flow charts, uh, you know, reviewing wines and all the crazy, stupid things I do. Thanks for for making it fun, and I hope to um, – I know I've been a little slow on some stuff, but hopefully I can um, do some more of that fun stuff. I I, um, I get a kick out of it, and I yeah, appreciate everybody who takes time to read and retweet it and all that good stuff. Yeah, and it's a lot more fun, easier to do funny stuff when the Tigers are fun to watch. They haven't been fun to watch lately. That's the truth. Yep. Yeah. All right. Uh, also, I want to add, well, I guess I should just say this is going to be, uh, at this point, I might just do a weekly do not listen to sports talk radio warning. <laughs> because, uh, as, I, as I mentioned a couple times today, I, have, I got when I was up earlier this morning, and uh, Karsh and Anderson were on WXYT, and Doug Karsh was doing the uh, – well, I don't want to say we need to fire the manager yet, which it kind of leads to, well, maybe we should fire the manager. Well, that, that's so stupid Sports Talk Radio is getting right now. As Allison brought up, you got people on Sports Talk Radio who are saying, or, uh, you know, make Verlander to closer or, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know uh, designate for assignment Alex Avila. This, this is ridiculous. You know, people just need to, you know, as Eric said, you need to calm down a little bit. Think, you know, one – there's not going to be any big changes at all this team. They pretty much have used up every bolt in the chamber. They brought up Rondon. About all that's left is Nick Castellanos. If they're going to make any deals, a deal isn't going to happen for another month. You know, they got to wait till the, tra- the, the a week before the trade deadline. That's when things will start firing up. So right now, the Tigers have what they have. Improvement's got to come from within. And they got about five or six guys in this team that should be hitting over 300 right now with a, you know, with a fair amount of power, RBI, however you want to call it. They're all kind of slumping right now. And when teams slump, everybody looks bad. And then everybody on Sports Talk Radio overreacts and starts wants to fire Jim Leland and they want to you know, move Justin Verlander to, to a closer. Or you know, I, It just drives me up a wall, and that's why I can only take it for a short amount of time. So please, people, if you do decide to listen to Sports Talk Radio, do me a favor and call those morons and correct them and say, no, you should not fire Jim Leland. No, Delman Young was not a spark plug last year, as I heard this morning. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so, <laughs> you know. Please call in and correct these people. Shut them up. You know, you know. When Pat Caputo goes off at a rant, call in and calm them down, please. You know, and, and when it comes to Valenia and Foster, you know, just throw your radio out the damn window. So they're not even worth the time. All right, I'm I'm out of breath after that rant. So <laughs> you, should, you should be lucky to have Detroit. Oh, that's right. You're out on the west side. You get huge, don't you? Oh, oh. I, I prefer you not bring it up again. <laughs> the, the man they call Bill Simonson, that is uh, actually uh, our friend Rogo has made a living ripping to shreds. So You have to understand, as bad as his writing is, his radio show is, is as bad. It, it's probably worse. 
Um, yeah, it's it's bad. Oh my goodness. Well, uh, well, I guess I should say, well, no, I can't complain. We're not in Columbus, and where it's all Ohio State all the time, right, Allison? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't really care because I don't care about football anyway, so yeah. I just kind of... But you can't, I'm sure you can't even help it, where, no matter where you go down there, I'm sure you're hitting the face of Ohio State stuff. Well, I work there. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> I don't know, I just kind of take advantage of the, the the Friday, like, OSU spirit days so I can wear jeans. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't really care otherwise. <laughs> Oh, jeez. So, um, yeah, before we really start pissing off the Buckeye fans out there, we probably should start wrapping up the podcast. So, um, Eric, uh, where can they find you on the Twitters? Uh, still at Phil Coke's Brain. Uh, that's the best way to engage me if you have any desire to do that. I don't know why you would. But, yeah, the Twitter is the best way to get me. And, of course, uh, your uh, your little side thing at Bless You Boys, we call yeah. it Brain Farts. But I believe yep. the, uh, the link is like Detroit Tigers humor. So I had to yeah. actually send that to somebody via Twitter today because they were all confused. So they, yeah, Well, you were confused as well. <laughs> I had to tell you how to find your stuff. So, exactly. <laughs> And actually, all that blame Kurt. So. Okay. <laughs> easy. Yeah, he's not here. He's easy to blame. All right, Allison, and how can the reader, readers and listeners find you online? Uh, at no run support on Twitter. Indeed. And I am Big Al BYB on Twitter. You can also, don't forget uh, the at Bless You Boys Twitter. And also don't forget the uh, was it SB Nation MLB Twitter that Kurt and Rob both run about three nights out of the week for SB Nation. So That is good. Yeah. That's entertaining. Yeah, Rob Rob has really taken that like a fish. Uh, I guess yeah, a fish to water, I should say. Not like a fish who drinks. Well, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, you're one to talk, Alice. I saw on Twitter you have a bottle of wine in front of you right now. I've actually only finished, like, one more glass. I've been pretty good. Well, the night is young. Yes. (laughs) But you got to work in the morning. Yep. Uh, All right, guys. So let's start wrapping up the show. So uh, the... um, I should say, Mr. Menching, the columnist for the Detroit News, will be back with us next week if he manages to come back from his walkabout in the UP. And, of course, uh, myself and Allison will be here. We just I'm not sure what day next week because the Tigers are in the midst of an 11-game stretch of games. And uh, I know the one-day game they have next week is on a day Kurt can't do it, so we'll play it by ear. We'll figure out what's, what's going to happen. So just be on the lookout. But until then... Uh, we'll be back sometime next week. This is Al Beaton saying good night and good luck, along with Allison Hagen. Good night. And Bill Coke's brain. Adios. And we'll see everybody next week on the Blitz Boys podcast. <laughs> Can you hear my girlfriend laughing in the background? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs>